You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support of all my fans out there. It's been fun. Apologize. As you know, the last two seasons have been difficult for me. I don't like to give out the whole thing, but I record these episodes well in advance, especially my interviews and things like that. But going through the youth wrestling season and everything else, it just gets a little bit busy. But I could not leave you more than a few weeks without new content. So here we are. Talk about the state of youth wrestling. So I'm going to start by my initial foray into youth wrestling and then talk about where it's at today. So I started wrestling back in 1996 for the Everett Wrestling Club. And youth wrestling was a little bit different. We didn't have like this mechanism of fundraising it was just a thing of hey let's get kids involved and then parents um, providing money for registration and, and getting food tables things like that and I don't at least from my perspective going through my initial youth wrestling career I don't know if there was much rhyme or reason to what we were doing we were just getting together learning about the sport of wrestling and competing on Saturdays it wasn't until I started coaching my two years at Mason that I understood kind of the purpose of what a youth program is for. The youth program is the building blocks. It's the basics. It's, it's the program that gets kids hooked and interested in wrestling. And if everything works out right, they'll love it and go on and be middle school wrestlers for your program. And at the middle school wrestling or at the middle school program level, you're trying to refine those skills. You're trying to find some kids that didn't really want to do it as youth, but maybe they've, matured physically or mentally and they're like i want to give it a try and now you're trying to get those a couple fringe kids here or there to enjoy sport wrestling enjoy being part of a family atmosphere and then when you get to high school hopefully those kids have the basic skills in all three positions they understand scoring and things like that so what we're trying to do here where i'm at in pinconning is kind of emulate that from I've been very fortunate that I've been able to interview some of the best coaches in the state of Michigan, current and retired, and, and listening to them and getting feedback and, and really trying to build things the right way. And it starts with a youth program. And if you see where our youth program's at, it's been really cool where we went from about 26 kids, now we're at 62 kids. And I think that we're, we're growing to the point where you got to start providing a beginning and advanced practice or novice practice things like that and it's a really good problem to have but we're also trying to not push kids to compete unless they think they're ready to compete and trying to educate parents on what the whole wrestling thing's all about from food tables to transportation to registration you name it or if you got to stay overnight what hotel we're staying at so that's been kind of the the fun part seeing it all materialize things like that from a youth official perspective, I don't know if it's getting better. I think in some aspects it's getting worse. Not the quality of officials, but the way us coaches handle officials when they don't make the right call. Or we perceive as not the right call. I had a situation where an athlete was in an illegal hold and I'm trying to get the referee's attention. He's a, This referee's a newer official and... Before you know it, the, my kid is pinned. And in my head, I want to like yell and scream at him. But I said, okay, 
put yourself in his shoes. He's only had, or they have only had so many matches under their belt. And coaching the sport, competing in the sport is different than officiating the sport because you have to be time on task and really thinking about what is occurring in the sequence to score properly and keep your athletes safe. So in that aspect, I went up to the official and said, hey, I just want to let you know, when you're looking for near fall, you need to be on this side of it so you can look for any illegal holds or anything like that. In that particular situation, my athlete was in an illegal head and arm, or illegal headlock, I should say. And he's like, oh, I didn't even know. I was like, it's, it's okay, you're brand new and that, that's fine. I think that they learn more from that constructive criticism because you want them to get to the point where they are in the right position. And really officiating, like most things, is all about positioning. You have to know that you need to be at certain parts when you're trying to determine whether a kid is pinned or not. That being said, having to find officials is very difficult right now. Not a lot of people want to go into it because of the scrutiny that comes with it. And I would argue that if you want more officials, we have to start training them at the youth level. And as coaches, we have to have the maturity to truly teach them, especially if we were former officials ourselves, truly teach them where they need to be when it comes to making calls. And when in doubt, they need to understand how the rule book protects them. Uh, I shouldn't say protects them, but allows them to explain why they make certain calls. I was a former official for over 10 years, so a lot of times I don't really argue too much because I can understand why a kid got called for stalling or why this was called locked hands and that wasn't called locked hands. And I'm starting to also learn as a coach, you have to focus on coaching your athlete more so than trying to coach the official into a call. That being said, we need to start doing some more. Now, I've seen some high schools have been offering through the MHSAA like official classes where they can go through, I think it's probably an elective, a nine or 18 week course and they get the opportunity to be an actual MHSA registered official where they can do sub-varsity action like freshman and JV, which I think is a perfect time for them to learn. But also from a, from a youth standpoint, we need to identify some of our high school sophomores and juniors that when they have a Saturday or a Sunday available to get them roughing youth tournaments to really, you know, that eight hours, you're probably going to do over 100 matches and really starting to understand how to officiate a match. So those are some things from a youth officiating standpoint. We just have to do a better job recruiting them. From a coaching standpoint, I think what what I'm seeing in some aspects is some coaches are overcoaching their athletes. And I think it's by nature, especially if you're going from the high school level to the youth level or vice versa, where you're kind of used to having a little bit of control. And sometimes you just got to let your your athlete just go out there and compete. And I think as coaches, we have to do a better job of actually coaching our kids in the practice room so that it becomes second nature when they're on the mat. If you can do that from a coaching standpoint, it's going to allow you to be a little bit freer. And you're, you're putting the putting the opportunities in their hands to take advantage of them. I think that's really something that, that needs to be done. Uh, this past weekend, running a youth wrestling tournament, which is the first time that I have ever ran a youth wrestling tournament. I've run high school tournaments, and I said the biggest thing that I found of running a youth wrestling tournament is there are more jobs that are involved from admissions 
table help, registration, track wrestling, security, you name it. So my suggestion from seeing all this, first from like an, uh, an open youth tournament, make sure one, you have the facility reserved well in advance. And if you have to do some type of insurance, make sure you have that done well in advance. Now, USA Wrestling, you can have your tournament insured for $105, I believe it is. And depending on if you're part of an organization, I think NIMWA does this. The If you're part of an organization, they, they will insure that organization's tournament for you for that price. You don't have to pay that. So that's nice. Table help, making sure they understand how to work the computers if you're using track wrestling or if you're going old school with pen and paper. I truly do love the track wrestling. I think it's it's kind of interesting. I wonder what it would have been like if that was around when, when I was wrestling 20 plus years ago. It does seem to run the tournament pretty smooth as long as it doesn't crash, which, knock on wood, we haven't had at all this year. And security-wise, making sure how you want your security set up to keep parents and fans in the stands i can remember as a kid that you know you had the ropes and you go up there and you're kind of looking at your matches but you're kneeling and things like that but it just really depends from a security standpoint and depending on your facility you should have enough seats to fit everybody and that there's not a bad seat in the house that's always my opinion everybody should be able to see where johnny or Susie are wrestling at at all times no matter where they're at in the bleachers so keeping uh, fans and family and stuff in the bleachers is very important. When it comes to the two coaches, making sure that there's two coaches, but to me that's more of the official. The official has to kind of wrangle that in, keeping two coaches in a corner. More often than not, what I found sitting in the corner, my kids don't listen. <laughs> I mean, they listen, but they don't listen. They're going to do their own thing until there's a point in the match where they can actually hear what you're saying or they can see what you're trying to show them, things like that. More often than not, they're just wrestling on instinct. Make sure all materials you need. So for us, first time hosting a tournament, I now know I need to build this, uh, this shelf with a PCV pipe and with a dry erase board for our mat so that we can be able to write the bout numbers and mat, and the mat numbers and things like that. Make sure you have enough tape. Make sure you have medical kits, things like that, to clean up blood and everything else. If you can get a trainer, it's nice. Not necessarily, n not necessarily need it, but if you can, great. Because at least if there is a major injury, you have somebody with medical um, training that can help. Um, make sure you have enough mat tape, and make sure you understand like what your rules are when it comes to how you where you can put the mats and how you're supposed to tape and things like that because every school has a little bit different rules about if you can put tape in certain aspects, whether it's on the court or on the on the back of the padding, things like that. So just be aware of those things and understand that you're borrowing the facility uh, from, the, from the school or wherever you're... So you're a, you're a guest in their house, so make sure you keep everything right. Make sure you have a custodian for if you're doing a two-day tournament for both days. Now, for me, particularly with our tournament, I've learned that, hey, we need to have a custodian there starting at 9 o'clock when wrestling starts to 7 o'clock when it ends type of deal. And then we had a girls' tournament, which my big push right now is for every youth wrestling program in the state of Michigan and beyond, if you're going to host a tournament, have a girls' tournament, whether it's the same day of your open tournament 
or have it the following day on a Sunday. These girls deserve an opportunity to wrestle other girls. They deserve the opportunity to be showcased. And it was a really cool thing. We were able to advertise ours for about three weeks, and we ended up getting close to 80 kids, which was awesome. I'm already in the back of my head thinking about, okay, how can we make this a little bit bigger to get to over 150 girls where we don't have to combine brackets and they can have like an actual true round robin with kids in their weight class and things like that. But be an advocate for your athletes. Have those opportunities available for them. I think the tournaments I've been to so far this year with our NIMWA organization have been run very well. I think that they're doing a fantastic job and we haven't been to mmwa or my way they do a great job also but i'm just speaking from my experience being at nimble the last three weeks do a great job so my suggest to you when it comes to youth wrestling just youth wrestling hosting a tournament make sure you have enough help make sure you reserve the facility insurance all that stuff and make sure that you have a open tournament and a girls tournament if you're hosting because i i truly believe with the rise of girls wrestling that we're on the doorstep of having in all four leagues a girls-only state championship. And maybe 10 years from now, having them have a regionals where they have to qualify to get to states. We're not quite there yet, but I think we're, we're darn close. And we just have to keep advocating, keep working with, those, um, working with those around us to make it better. And my last thing for me, from the state of the youth, I believe that wrestlers are getting better younger you know, I wrestled 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago. I do think the, the younger wrestlers are getting better faster. They're getting more practices in. I always worried about the burnout factor because if you're practicing four or five days a week, something's got to give at some point. Now, if your child is enjoying it, that's one thing. You take them as many practices and you want to take as many competitions. But when you see a difference, a change in your athlete, then you have, as a parent, as a coach, really recognize that and do something a little bit different to either shut them down for a week to get them physically, their body might be beat up, or mentally they're just tired and they come back more refreshed, or you start tapering down some of the practices. One of those things have to happen because in the end, we want our athletes to enjoy the sport and stick with it as long as they can, hopefully throughout, throughout their senior year. And when it comes to the fundraising aspect of youth wrestling, if you're in a, you know, I'm in a small town here, but just your, wherever you're at, talk to your local businesses about sponsoring your program. And when you get that, that, that fundraising money, use it towards the kids, whether you're getting them shirts or you're helping offset the cost of registration or uniforms, things like that. Maybe your banquet, all those kind of things. You'd be surprised how many businesses want to donate X amount of dollars to your program, but nobody asks them. So don't be afraid to ask. Have a nice little letter drafted up that talks about what the money's being used for and why you're why you feel so passionate about supporting your program, and more people will follow. And last but not least, make sure you have your coaches go through whatever coaching process it is to be certified, whether it's through USA Wrestling or through Mimway for the My Way and New Way National stuff. That's very important because you you need to be able to trust the adults that are around your kids that they don't have any issues that have been going on with them that could affect how they coach your kids. So just make sure all your coaches that are coaching with you every day on the mat and things like that are vetted through that process, background checks, everything. It's a different time than it was back in the mid-90s 
Like it's, it's very important that we protect our kids and having that extra level of security is very important for coaches moving forward. That being said, it's been fun. It's been a really fun ride coaching my two kids and seeing them develop and, and it's been a really fun year. I really appreciate you guys supporting the podcast. I'm going to be getting out some more episodes for you. And we're only about three weeks away from the postseason. So coaches start getting their kids' minds right to make it to the podium, whether it's as individuals or to be the final team hosting that trophy at the Wings Event Center in Kalamazoo. Anyways, this is Coach T, out. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.